So I heard that uh, Glissa was playing for Scumtown Games now. Really? Traitor. Exciting episode of Dredging for Humor. This is Jack the Band. And the Deuterino. The Deuterino. Well, you know, if you're not into the whole brevity thing, I think that's how the line goes. Something like that. All right. El Deuterino. El Deuterino. El Deuterino. Yo soy El Deuterino. Right. I get it. I, for sure. Uh, we're glad to have you here. We're about a few days late or whatever for it, some reason. Never us. I we're, cannot believe that's even possible. Yeah. But dude had the flu. <laughs> Yuck, man. Oh my god, it hurt to see. By god, it hurt to see. That's how painful that freaking flu was. If you haven't had your flu shot, folks, it's no joke. Go get one. I, I swear. I told you you shouldn't play with those infect cards. They're going to make you sick. I it took me out for a week. I was like, oh, I can get on my feet again, Ink Moth Nexus. Oh, god damn. Yep, but at least you stayed home. You didn't spread the sickness. Nope, nope. Stayed home. Stayed home. Did not spread the sickness. Did not proliferate. That's good. We 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 all appreciate that. Uh, you know, but so, you know what's interesting is is how I kind of got completely sick right after we had our draft, recovered over the week, and was better to do our draft the following Sunday. And you won again, right? I, both times. That's it was it was a spiritual quest. That's what I had to go on to win two drafts in a freaking week. Was I had to like you know. Won my draft, and then it was like, now, now comes the challenge. You must, you must die in order to be reborn. Interesting. So, and sure enough, the second time I drafted, I did not play the same colors. I was totally different. Yeah, that's true. You were a little bit more infected. Uh, yeah, second time around, I was a little bit. It was dino infect. Yeah, dino fact. Dino fact. I the JJ Jimmy Walker deck. That's right. Uh huh. Anyway, well, in this first segment, I think I think that we should really go on and talk about what's happened since the last show, at least as far as things that might be happening in the magic world, like Pro Tours, Grand Prix, you know, the things that... Kind of a benchmarky type deal. Yeah, the you things know, that tell where us... Where are we now? Where are we at in standard? What's going on with limited? These kind of things. The things that are defined by those tournaments themselves. So in 10 years, we can, you know, dig up the show again and... Be like, what was what was Infect again? What was that all about? Oh my God! Remember Infect? Oh yeah, I remember. If I should be so lucky to be around, did you say ten years? Something. Yeah. Oof. Something like that. Yeah, I don't know, but but uh, it's been... whenever they bring out the last unset. Whenever that is, that's when it'll be. I see. So twenty five years from now. <laughs> perhaps. Perhaps. Unless, of course, they do hire us. Well, I'll party over all plan, really. <laughs> We're going to come back to it in 25 years. It's going to be awesome. Unset. Unset. Uh, Brad Nelson, one player of the year since the last show. Uh, he did indeed. Brought it home for the good U.S. of A. You know, I, and I got to, you know, I got to pat him on the back because he was, you, you could tell he was slightly nervous, but he had an amazing sense of confidence going into that uh, that pro tour. I mean, like all along, he was like, nope, I'm going to pretty much win this. I'm I'm going to win this. I'm going to win this. Did he? How many games did he lose in the overall? Two. Was it two? I, I couldn't remember if he two. lost one or two. I knew he lost one, but I couldn't remember if he lost any more than that. But, you know, I got to give it to him. It's like going to the player of the race and, you know, pulling it off. It's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. It was fun to watch. I really enjoyed watching it. Uh, Guy, his opponent, uh-huh. uh, you know, uh, who unfortunately didn't get the player of the year. I really liked him. I thought he had a very good charismatic character about him. He seems like a really nice guy. I felt bad that his family ditched him to go have a smoke when he's like on his third round. Yeah. You know, all of his supporters are there and they're like, yeah, exciting game. We don't get it. We're going to go. Oh, no, we're going to go have a cigarette. No, really. No pressure at all. Thanks, guys, for the support. Do you have any Marlboros? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That would piss me off, personally. I'd be pretty upset if my whole family decided to go walk out and have a cigarette just during, like, during some high point in my life. But but he's French. and, And what else can you expect from the French? You know, I supposedly, I mean, you know, I, I, I mean, they practically handed their cities over. 
Well, you know, not everybody can win the pro tour. Right, exactly, <laughs> or many other things. Um, anyway, so so the the pro tour was actually won by another American. What is what is this comment here? Foutois by this French guy mean? <laughs> uh, so I'm sorry. What? Uh, pro tour Paris. Pro tour Paris, right? The, Think which, of it, Magic Frickin' Weekend. Yeah, Magic Weekend, the first ever. Magic More weekend. magic than you, your grandmother, your extended family, uh, all the orphans down the street can possibly handle in a frickin' weekend. That's so funny. I thought you were gonna say sh- shake a stick at, and never came. It never came. Never, I totally never showed up. You to say shaking a stick. Nope. I saw the shake a stick bus and went. You know, I'm gonna take a cab. That's. I see. I, I understand why you might make a left turn there because. <laughs> You know, that's a 50s statement. I understand completely. So Ben Stark. Ben Stark won Pro Tour Paris. Intense final match. That was a good round. Did you see how I re-railed it right there? I love it. I love it. So Ben Stark, yes, beats Paul Reitzel. Uh Uh-huh. Reitzel? Paul Reitzel? Paul Reitzel, Reitzel. I believe. I think you're Reitzel. Mm Mm-hmm. So Ben Stark wins. Uh Uh-huh. He's playing. I have this permanent image of of that final match where it's just Ben Stark like, who looks like if you blew on him, he would just totally shatter. Like, he was so intense in that final round. And then when I think of Paul Reitzel, I just see him continuously and 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 more and more just sinking his head in face into the palm of his hand. Yeah, it was like that 60s poster of the guy that's melting into his palms. He <laughs> kind of reminded me of that. And and I don't know what it was. I, if maybe Ben Stark had some really chapped lips, but I really thought he was going to like chew his own face off. Uh it was it was <laughs> It, that was some intense that you, you could not watch that and say that that man was not thinking about things. Right. He was definitely concentrating. It was right. You know, I would have not been surprised if at one point you just saw two of his cards actually levitate off the table for a second <laughs> and then just drop back down because it was intense. Very much so. He, but he did win. He was playing Cobb Blade. Cobb Blade, one of the current incarnations of the Squadron Hawks. Ooh. Right. So there was Caw. Cago, and, and then there was there was Cago, and then there was Ca Vegas. Yes, right. There was the Cirque the Cirque one, the Cirque de Ca Vegas, the Cirque de Ca. There was Ca Vegas, and then down, now there's Ca Blade mm-hmm. and Ca Ca. Yes, which is but that the, deck's total. So, uh, so rock on, uh, to the various winners. What happened at the Grand Prix? At the Grand Prix. Well, nobody cared because the Pro Tour was happening at the same time. Right. But uh, David Sharfman won it. Who? I I don't know. Not, David Sharfman. N- not an overly well-known pro player. I mean, not in a safe, not a... No, but uh-huh. but he's another American. Rock on. Not just that he's American, but, you know, I think the more new names we hear in that Pro Tour, the more... You know, a little bit more trembling in some of the more solid well, that's, players. Well, that's funny that you should mention that, because they're changing the way that Pro Tour qualifiers are happening. Mm-hmm. They recently changed the news on that, and that's that it used to be only large tournament organizers could could uh, throw these Pro Tour qualifiers. Okay. So PTQs. Right. And so what that meant is that only a few select people, if it was near you, could get in. And what they're doing now is they're allowing some select stores who have the capacity to hold Pro Tour qualifiers to hold Pro Tour qualifiers. I'm I'm assuming that along with that capacity must come a, a, a bit more strict on the judging. Like, it's not oh. going to be Jim that just got his, uh, you know, what is that, r- rules advisor. Well, it's going to be places that already hold large tournaments. So you can okay. figure, like, the people who we we are heard on, Channel Fireball, right. who are tied with Superstars, Superstars Game right. Center down San in San Jose. So they have a huge player base down there. Right. And so it'll it's based on the population of people who live in the area, the ability for these stores to show that they can actually hold these events uh-huh. and also their track record of holding or of their record keeping or their, uh, uh what do you call that? Their, uh, stat, stat, oh, stats there with the, uh, the game reporting. Like, so the, the, the what they give back to wizards. Right. To and so right. like n- not having any goofs inside of that and, and all, all that kind of stuff. So there's a bunch of stuff going on there. And that basically though, so you figured, the superstars may be one of the places that's going to be able to hold a PTQ. 
Okay, now remember remember what these idiots did with the foil promos and the, the fake in the fake tournaments to get the promos so that they could turn around and sell them on eBay and then Wizards is like, no, screw you and screw the player rewards promos and f all you guys because you play our game. So screw you. Remember those guys? Yeah, those guys. So though okay, that's what I'm that's what I'm questioning. Is like, is that is it going to be an opening for less ethical shops to pervert, distort, and power taint the Pro Tour? No, I, I don't think so. I, I think that this is only large stores who, you know, who have a good reputation, who actually have shown in the past that they're capable of doing things the, the WPN way. Right. So, well, that, then I, you know, I think that's a great thing. I think it's going to give more casual players a shot at, at at least getting some pro tour points. I don't know about making the actual right. pro tour, but it's like, you know, hey, you feel a little bit better about your plays when you got a couple of points under your belt than when you don't or it, never have had any. Exactly. I think that that's an amazing idea anyway. It'll open it up wide, a wider audience, a wider group of people. We'll be able to make it into the pro tour and we'll not see the same cycle of pro players. Here it comes over. 30 miles from Vegas. There's going to be a place called, like, Magic City, and it's just going to be nothing but casinos and people playing Magic for money. Wow. The Hustlers, the Chimps, the Is that, pimps. like, 2025? Yeah, probably, I'm guessing, you know. And also, when we unveil the last unset, we'll also announce Magic City, Nevada, where you, too, can come and sling cardboard for cash. Ooh, coastal. Coastal Las Vegas. In maybe, 2025. And you know you know what it's going to be is that some of these big corporate card shop owners, I mean, you know, corporate, okay, big card shop owners, they're going to be like the first Caesars, the first MGM, the first, they're going to have the first casinos before the mob comes in and gets pushed out by the corporate guys later on, probably 2050, the unveiling of the fourth unset. You know, that's a, that's a great vision of the future. I'm sure it's not going to happen, but it's a great vision. Uh, we should we should move on and talk right, yeah, about a yes. little bit about uh, Rock On Magic Weekend. Woo! <laughs> wow, You're, that was some great I feigned wanted, excitement. I, I mean, to, I I have to appreciate your feigned excitement. For, I, I tried yeah. to give it some closure. Uh, I saw. I I appreciate that. So Grand Prix Denver. Yes. Uh, Home of the Woodster. Mr. Conley Woods, I believe, comes out of Denver, Colorado, or at least out of Colorado. Yeah, he lives nearby. Uh-huh. Although, so I heard a rumor around. on some other show that he might be moving closer to San Jose. No! Yes. Our God shall be closer <laughs> Wait, stop it. Don't God, enough with us. that. Jeez. I'm sorry. I am forever you, I am forever just prostrating myself. You just have such a pro crush. In a very non-literal way. Just a pro crush. So I just have to say one thing about Denver. Grand Prix Denver. Yep. Go Dennis. Go Dennis. Yeah. Uh-huh. Go Dennis. So Dennis won? Go Dennis won. Go Dennis. Yeah. Go Dennis. Ah, yes. Vidigridis. Go Dennis V won uh -huh. Grand Prix Denver. Uh -huh. And uh, it was a limited format. Uh-huh. Uh, he was, I can't, I don't even remember his plan. I, I didn't get to really watch the end of it. When I was, I didn't watch any of the match, but when I was looking through the mother side, I saw him there with the trophy. Cause I was like, who's that? That guy looks vaguely familiar. And yes, yes. Uh, but go Dennis Vid, Vid, V. Yeah. V. Um, other than that, I don't know what else has been going on. Like as far as, as well, well, there was a uh, star city games, actually Jerry T won, uh, a Star City Games Washington D.C. tournament. Right, the uh, great procrastinator. No, the great uh, the what does he go by? The Innoventor. No, that's the other. That's uh, it's uh, 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 he's a pugilist. Nope. He's he's Jerry Thompson curmudgeon. Curmudgeon. Yes. Jerry Thompson curmudgeon. Which he played a. So he took the five k at Star City. Yeah, he took and no, then, not uh, it wasn't. Uh, was it a five k? Was it a five k? I don't know what it was. It was a Star City. I don't. Open. I don't really pay attention to what it is. All that stuff happens on the other coast. I'm never going to be able to make it to any of their events. So basically, that's what it comes down to. But you, you're like, hey, this is the guy that uh, is on Irwin's show that's like trying to bitch about things. Yeah, always complaining. Right. Or always right. kind of grumpy. Yeah. Well, but he's not over. I mean, he he seems like a nice guy. He seems he seems grumpy but nice. Yeah, grumpy but nice. Like my uncle Bing. Sure, exactly like that. Yeah, man, that guy was kind of rough though. 
He's old school. Uh, that's true. He was old school. But he was playing a, a Caw Blade deck. Caw Blade again. Yeah. Are we seeing a Juntrend? A Juntrend? A Juntrend, yes. Is uh, this a Juntrend? You know, I don't know if it is or not. I think that the format actually is diverse enough with Scars of Mirrodin and Mirrodin Besieged and all of the Zendikar block. I think that there's enough going on inside of, of these sets to have multiple decks that are all com- that can all compete with each other. Whereas, like, Jund was just uber-powerful and there were no answers. But I, I feel right now in the format that there's a lot of answers to anything that you might want to play. So we're at five, five sets right now in Standard plus, plus the course plus of the six. Mm-hmm. So six sets in play, I mean, that's a lot better than four or five. You know, what it can be, that kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, maybe maybe it is fairly wide open. It just seems like you see a lot of, I don't know, caw variations. I was kind of surprised when I was looking at the at the Pro Tour that just happened, how many variations on... on it's, it's a good deck. It's, it's, it's a good deck. I, it's such a good deck that I expect Wizards to just print it up to new players as a regular deck that they'll sell for 19.95 like another oh no that's deck. they're going to they'll if it, if if the price variance is any clue the you know the $25 for the Kuldolta the the free uh-huh. and then the $20 for the this deck's like their $100 oh premier it's going to be premier All foil no, no foils. It you won't even think? be foil. It'll be like, they're just going to blatantly say yeah. we know how much these cards are worth. Right. Here's your bucks. premier deck. And it'll come with one Jace the Mind Sculptor. <laughs> and it will fly off the shelves. Exactly. Like yeah, if they did something like that, it, it which now at this point after... I can't believe they called it what, Into the Breach. That's what they called the Kudotha Red deck that they just printed up and stuck in a box and went here. I don't know. I have. I'm. I've, L- LSV since... was looking at it on over on Janus Fireball. He was just like, "Let's look through this deck. This is a totally playable deck, with the exception of these three three cards or whatever." Right. Well, here's the whole deal: is that since they they advertised to me with the little fill out all the check boxes at the last pre release, I haven't been paying a whole lot of attention to their advertising lately. I, I felt a little like. I, I belittled, like, talked down to, I, I, I don't know what it was. There was something about the way that they did it and the way that they're kind of foofing up the advertisement like they are right now to to do whatever they're doing. Like, I don't, I don't even know. I guess it's kind of cutesy, but, like, what I don't even care what they name the decks. In fact, I don't know if I've ever cared what they name the decks. I think that that, that part of R&D, that research and design, that, that, that all of that end of it, I just don't even care. I feel like it's totally one of those Hey Bob moments where they're just like, what do you think of this one? And... And they go, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. How, how about that? My mom's Chevrolet. That's a great name for a deck. Why not make it the pre-constructed deck? Sure. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, that's all I have to say about it. I just can't stand the advertising that we're getting right now. We like siding in Disperse against my mom's Chevrolet. Exactly. Uh-huh. It's, it's just because that one time that the, the rat died in the heater system. I... Yeah, well, I, I, it's hard to disperse that. Well, I, 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 it's rough. It's rough to me. It's like just call the freaking thing Kudotha Red. Don't call it into the breach. We know what you're doing. We're on to you. We're. It's 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 an interesting it's an interesting tacit, tactic. Excuse me, but I really think that the marketing people have gotten some kind of strange new synthetic drug that they can't quite kick. I, I have to agree with you. And and speaking of synthetic drugs that we just can't quite kick, we should move on to our first commercial break. He had never caressed her cardboard this way before. She couldn't resist. He tapped four mana. Then he untapped two. Then he tapped three mana. She quivered quiveringly. Her toughness was weakening. She was infected. Infection for Creatures by Calvin Clone. All right, so um, I'm thinking uh, probably an Ixnay on the sponsor there. Uh, I, I didn't care for that last commercial. But but they work for the Mirans. Really? Yeah. Why do you say that? Because they work for the Mirans. 
How do you know they work for the Marins? They told me so. Uh, they also told me that the Marins are going to win. Really? Yeah. Uh, they're going to win the, the war. The, the war. Big one. Mm-hmm. The big, they're going to put the final. Fire. The final set will be mirrored and pure. Uh, I don't know about that. I, I don't think so. What do you mean you don't think so? What, I, you think the Phyrexia, it's going to be new Phyrexia. Um, so those are our choices. Uh-huh. New Phyrexia. And so it's, what is it? Pure, Mirrodin. Pure. Mirrodin pure. So mm-hmm. that's like uncut with baking soda. Exactly. And so we have Mirrodin pure and then we have uh, new Phyrexia. Right. Why is it new Phyrexia? Why isn't it just Phyrexia? Because there already was a Phyrexia. Oh, and that's past. That's, see, this is where I blank out on the flavor. But I still think that I, I don't think the Mirrens are going to win. I don't know if the Phyrexians are, but I don't. I think the Mirrens are going to suck it. Well, it was due to. Wow, <laughs> you feel pretty. You feel pretty strongly about this. Well, I just, you know, I. They've got to do something good. It's been too happy go lucky. What the hell ever happened with Alara? Like, where did that end? Like, it just all came together? Is that what happened? Yeah, all of them are joined now, and, and the story has continued. It's uh, Johnny and his whole vengeance thing against Nicol Bolas. That's where that storyline goes. Did we did we figure out who won? Like, Not Esper yet. took out, you know, did no. they merge? They, they... they merged, and it's all chaos. Now there's a, a war raging there, and Nicol Bolas is, is basically trying to suck the energy out of the plane. To keep his long life and magical energies and weird schemes and, going. And this is where Tezzeret fits in now because Nicol Bolas is like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of busy right now. Hey, Tezzeret, can you go check out uh, Mirrodin for me and just go screw shit up over there? Exactly. So whatever, there's something like the pure mana core would definitely be something that Nicol Bolas would be interested in. He would want to have that. If he could find a way to take control of that energy source, Nicol Bolas would do it. So, you know, but there's, and so, so Alara is just in the state of chaos. It's like, right. Everybody's merging. Nobody's getting along and chaos next world. Right. Exactly. And so now we're in a different place. Right. So we we went to Zendikar. Right. And Zendikar was like, all right, everybody's kind of getting along. And then it's super old gods. Yep. Moving on. Mm -hmm. You know, and now, and now we have chaos. What is the pattern? Chaos. So total world of chaos. Old gods have come back and are... What happened with them? Did they die? Were they defeated? Did I, they... I don't know. I don't know. But the Eldrazi just totally took over. But that doesn't matter. None of that matters right now because the Mirans are going to win. Um, well, this is... And this is exactly why I, I think that the poor little white guys are going to suck the pipe. Well, not just white guys. They're all colors, I understand, or whatever. But they're not black. There are black because, yes. like, the Moriok Reaver. More and the right. vampires. Right, gotcha. Okay, so this is why I think the Marins are going to totally just, you know, take a bag of, bag of flaming crap to the face is that every – the last two sets, not every, but the last two sets, where have they ended? Like, to have the Marins win this is way too much of a final – Dun, dun, ending for these people to actually do to a set. Their pattern is not that. Their pattern is like start off with a great storyline, get right to the climax, and just leave the story alone. Well, that's very possible. Next set. So I think the Mirren, I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna rage, and it was like, what the hell's gonna happen? And they're gonna be like, have you seen our new set? Right, we're moving on. We're moving. It's called on. Happy Land. Yes, Candyland. Everybody's getting along great, but you don't know. There's a wicked wizard in a candy factory, and he's building some sick-ass candy canes. And when the candy canes get here, it's just going to break loose. Right, but but the whole thing is is that that's... <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. Magic the candy land. Magic the candy land. Magic shoots and ladders. <laughs> Magical shoots and ladders. <laughs> Anyway, no, I, I think that the Mirans are going to win. I think that Karn is going to be reincarnated, oh. as LSV would say, which I, makes me say that I'm never going to say anything like that again. I, I never wanna, knew. I just, I just want to apologize. I never knew that he wrote a book on dirty puns. Really? No. Oh. <laughs> so, so, but Karn's coming back, and I know that the Praetors are trying to consume his mind and make him evil and whatnot. But okay. But he's coming back. As in Hand of the Praetors. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Hand of the Praetors Hand and Praetors Council. Praetors Council. Right, the green one that gives you, like, ultimate hand size. and Right. Interesting. Which and is a pretty, like, godly effect. 
That's, you know, just, so it's pretty, and what Hand of the Predators does is pretty impressive as well. So. Right, and then if you look at Corrupted Conscience, too, is kind of interesting. That may be actually foretelling that Karn becomes evil and has some nasty negative counter ability or something. But Karn's coming back. I know Karn's coming back. He's not a planeswalker anymore, though. So. Like legendary golem artifact <clears throat> creature. Right. Lead Lorge. Lorge lead. Lord's lead. Lord's lead. Uh, what? Lord, Lord and liege. Yes. It's a Lord's lead. But he's coming back. I guarantee it. And I just think that the Mirans have what it takes. I, I, I think that the, the battle cry, the, the, the card art on Rally the Forces. I mean, there's only 18 foes on that card. There's like 50 guys. It's one of those pointing guys. And, and, and then there's like 18 evil guys. So they've got those guys covered. I mean, it's not a problem. They've got, they've got all the good guys pointing at the climax of the story in visual art form with the climax of the story looming there in the background, be it old God, be it world of chaos, be it unfinished story arc, whatever it might be that the guy's pointing at and bam. Uh, have you seen the new set unforgiven? <laughs> sure. Sure. It's kind of like that. It's, it's kind of like that. Um, but so Karn's coming back. Yes. Mirans are going to win, according to you. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. See, I... Okay, one, I love the idea. I love the idea of the Phyrexians sucking it all dry. You know, like, I, I think you brought your, your, your grand unified theory that you had proposed earlier, but I don't know if we had recorded it, about the Phyrexians going from world to world. Well, I think that they, the Phyrexians are already, that there's already the possibility for Phyrexians to be on other worlds. Because the oil was brought there by Karn after fighting the Phyrexians. Basically, he became contaminated. But he traveled to other planes while contaminated with the oil. Mm-hmm. So the oil could be anywhere. It could be in any plane anywhere in the multiverse. So giving the design team space to say Phyrexian versus Kamigawa. Phyrexian versus Ravnica. See, Phyrexians versus Ravnica, that that one for me would be interesting because you could get a lot of interesting guild play out of that because the guilds were so separate in Ravnica over the three set storyline and there was pretty much everybody got locked into a dual color and uh because that was your guild you know and of course there were deviations blah 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 but you know the whole storyline the is it's for red blue the you know the bankers whatever um the uh i think if phyrexia like took that on you would have a very interesting ground fertile ground for some nice storytelling because you would have all this interplay between these warring guilds having to unite all of a sudden and, you know, dirty deals with the yeah. Phyrexians, double stinky, double elf. There's, there's a lot of interesting things going on in these sets. I, I, I don't know if it'll go to Ravnica. but I, maybe, I would love that. Maybe other planes. Cause I love it. I don't know if Karn was ever in Ravnica, you know. I don't know if, like, it all depends on where Karn was for that to happen. But I think that the... No, Mirans... Karn was, I'm pretty sure Karn was never, you know, part of the well, whole Ravnica thing. Well, not part of the set, but who knows if he was there or not. You know, yeah, Ravnica is a big place. Lots it, of big cities. Right. He could have blended in. Mm-hmm. You know, there's other golems there, probably. Yeah. It was, it was the metropolis of magic. It yeah. was the really that was the idea like if the jetsons really were they would have lived there right well at least judy at least judy Uh uh-huh but you know the the whole reality of what i see happening is that the phyrexians are evolving Uh they they're no longer just black they are all colors they the the praetors that's the whole thing it's about the praetors uh praetor in in uh i want to say roman in latin Mm -hmm. uh means those who come before Mm. And and the Romans spoke Latin, and in three blocks from now, the the set code names uh-huh. are friends, Romans, countrymen, and I think that the Praetors leads up that three sets or three blocks from now, the mid set, that that that's going to be Romans. We're going to see where the Phyrexians go after having been defeated. Once again, oh, like by, by the Mirans. So they're moving on because they had their asses kicked. But they're not dead yet. It's like Jason Voorhees. They pop up over here. Right. They'll never go away. They, right. they can never go away. They're the ultimate evil. They, they represent a very base evil. So they're not, it's not able to get rid of. It's like dust bunnies. You know, you sweep all over the place and you think you get them all, but you move the couch and there's still one there. It's a Phyrexian. A Phyrexian dust bunny. That's right. Mm-hmm. 
They're... Definitely a card that should be made. I think so too. Are there bunnies? Do we have... we have squirrels? No bunnies. Nah, no bunnies. We need a bunny. There is a very strange bunny picture on Polymorph, though. Right, the little like tweaky Twilight yeah, Zone rabbit. Exactly, yes, it's totally yes. Twilight Zone rabbit. Man, uh-huh. that that one really scared me. Uh huh. The, the she had no lips. Zombie elephants. We need zombie elephants, and why can't we have a zombie elephant? I don't know, but I'd love to see a zombie elephant. I am ready. Call of the herd, but zombified. Mm-hmm. What about zombie elephant balls? Um, I'd I'd like kind of a. I'd like like a lightning black red and flaming zombie elephant balls. Mm-hmm. Flaming yes. zombie elephant balls would be a devastating phrase to utter at your opponent as you just took him out in a game. I'm going to cast flaming zombie elephant balls? I have no answer to that. Yeah. Game. You would. There's no way. How could you even have an answer Game. To that? Right. <laughs> Over. You know, it's like <laughs> mill. It's like... Chart of the face. I think it's flaming balls to the face. I think that's really... Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like molten molten metal. So we want the zombie elephants. We want the flaming zombie elephant balls. hmm And uh, what was the Phyrexian other one? Phyrexian dust bunnies. Phyrexian dust bunnies. That's right. And Karn's secret tutu, or we decided no on that? Just Karn's cob. Karn, right. Karn's cob. That's all we want. So, so then... Let's... Flavor. Delving deeper into this, uh-huh. so the, the Phyrexians are splitting into multiple factions, which, in, mm. because they no longer have one identity and one belief... Right, it's like Shouldred, the Whispering One. What's up with Shouldred, the Whispering One? He's he's the black leader of the black faction of the Phyrexians. You know, like in the, oh. in the right in the fat pack, they, each one's got like a weird, oh, uh, yeah, funky I know what you, leader. Yes. I, I see what Shouldred. you're for, for some reason, you said Shouldred, and my mind went back to that one kid with the big fat glasses, and he had the little weird drooling problem yeah, but but anyway yeah shouldered the whispering one shouldered. like yeah exactly like those things the fact that they're splitting up so they used to have one unified purpose and while they that still drives the motives of the phyrexians aka turn everything else into a phyrexian right mm-hmm. but i believe that because they've split they won't have the same surface beliefs which so it'll be like the splitting of this religion. So it, looking at it from a religious philosophy view and looking at it from that kind of storyline, because there's going to be differences in belief on the surface of their Phyrexian nature, that there's going to be infighting amongst the Phyrexians. So do you think it's going to be more like Catholics, Protestants, or do you think it's going to be more like Zen, Scientologists, Zen, Zen Jehovah's Witnesses? Okay, Zen Buddhists and. And Scientologists, I think. I Zen think Buddhists, Scientologists, and maybe a couple of them Koresh dudes thrown in there. Potentially. Yes, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah, Tesseret might be a Koresh dude. Whoa! That's the, you, you're making me think now. Whoa. That's interesting. That's interesting. But yeah, so I, I, I think that it'll be mirrored and pure. And there's more, there's more to it. There, the, there's Malira or Malira or however you want to pronounce it, and it doesn't matter how you pronounce anything because everybody says Zenith, and half of these people that say Zenith weren't born in Great Britain. It's Zenith. I mean, speak American. I seriously just want people to speak American. So you're hearing people say, like, Blue Sun Zenith? Yes, it's the Blue Sun Zenith. It's the White Sun Zenith. But it's not. It's not. It's the Zenith. It's See, Zenith. this is... Like, they didn't own that TV. Like, they never saw that TV or advertised that TV. Zenith. 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 And, in fact, if you go to dictionary.com and you listen to the little sound bite in there, it's... Right, it, with it, the wave file there? Yeah, it uh-huh. says Zenith. Zenith. It does and, not say Zenith. No, and it, but it, does, it gives a little bit of ground for it. It says, you know, sometimes pronounced Zenith in, in England. But... I'm I'm thinking you know, this is this it it I it's zenith, it's a zenith, but so Malira, M- Malira is unblemished and untainted by the world of Mirrodin. So the the Densians of Mirrodin, all are coated in metal. The metal, like symbiotes with them so all of the pictures where you see the guys with the silver arms, it's the the metal of the cough the- people. Yeah, the Koth people have some, but so do the 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 Kemba's legions. Okay, right, right. They've everybody, got everybody, right? Sure. Everybody has metal infused in them, but right. Malira doesn't, which is she's metal free. Right, she's metal free, and her keepers are also metal free and cannot be infected. So if they don't listen to metal, what do they listen to? I it's easy listening. 
God. I know. It's rough. It's rough. But if you want to defeat the Phyrexians, you have to listen to Barry Manilow. I was just about to say Kemba and the Manilows. It makes a lot of sense now to me. I never put that together. I'm, I'm glad that you finally got that. Okay. Um, but so anyway, she is pure and she represents purity. Okay. Uh, and we're I think we're already seeing new Phyrexia. I think that that's just kind of like a play on what's occurring with the factions. With the factions. And so I think that it's actually going to be at the same time. It'll be new Phyrexia, but it'll be the lead up to the the world of Mirrodin being purified. And I don't know what that means. I don't know how that's going to happen or what the whole. Well, lead I would up imagine is. it would kind of mean, at least from a marketing angle, that it doesn't matter who wins. Because the set is still going to be the same. It's just however they title the set is right. going to be how we perceive the set to kind of be. Exactly. That's brilliant. Uh, yeah, you know he's brilliant. That's crazy. <laughs> so I just like to say here that when I was thinking up this stuff, that I, I just really was hoping that, you know, and it's just brilliant. Uh, that's five-year plan. So It's, it's I mean, actually the five-year Rexia plan. The five Eurexia plan. Mm -hmm. mm. Um, but there's so much going on there, too. So Gliss is there. So Gliss is there. Totally Malira's untainted. Yes. Uh, so what is she doing? So she's being protected because, for some reason, Athrun, the last troll, he knows mm. something. Or the money is. Yes. That you shouldn't reprint sets in all foil cards because no one will value those cards as much. I really, I I don't think that that's necessarily true, and I don't know that that's what Thrun knows. Alara, Alara. All right. <laughs> so so Thrun knows something, and I think it's due to him being around when the whole history of Mirrodin was still on the tree before the mists etched it off of the tree. Whoa! You just lost me in hippie vision. I didn't get that at all. So in the tangle, there's. A tree. Where the, okay, right. Okay, the tangle. Right, right, right. And the place on that there. tree, the entire history, on the trunk of that tree, uh -huh. the entire history of Mirrodin is written. But because of years of being in the tangle and the acidy mists that float through the copper tangle, some of it has been etched away and mm. you can't read it anymore. But I okay. think that Thrun knows something that no one else knows. And he's been there for a long time because all the other trolls are gone. Right, and they were like wise trolls. Yes, they were. Smart they weren't trolls. like under the bridge trolls with the ripple. Right, and there is definitely a tie between Thrun and Malira, and I, I see that he is going to do something. And he's a shaman, right? Right, he's like a magical, so, mystical troll. Right, so if you think about shamans, they're all about healing the earth and creating that whole, or healing, they're really about healing. Okay. So whatever he, however he's tied to the whole deal, he's going to use Melira's purity to heal the world and defeat the Phyrexians. That's what I believe it to be. Do you foresee, say, perhaps a Melirian, um, uh, game mechanic with the removal of, say, infect counters as part of that overall healing process there? I don't know if if there's going to be a remove counters, but it seems like there should be one with with all of the like counters that are going on in there. And especially since Mark Rosewater said, you know, he said, uh, uh, in the next set, there's going to be a lot of stuff to do with dice. And so he said that. And really? I, yeah. With I remember, dice? Yeah, with an interview with, the, with counters. Well, are they, I was going to say, are they going to make dice? Because, come on. Well, not dice, but counters. counters and so the, he said to expect to see a lot of that going on soon. I think, you know, I think that's what Shadowmoor was really all about. I think it was the testing ground for where we are now. Well, that was after. He actually, this interview that I saw was after Shadowmoor. Well, that's what I was but saying. Yes. Like, like the, all the 1-1 one, one counters in Shadowmoor were a little boggling. Right. You know? Right. I just remember putting negative 1-1 one, one counters on everything in Shadowmoor. Right. Lots of negative 1-1 one, one counters. But there were ways to get rid of them, like Quill Spike. And there were also ways to add 1-1 one, one counters, which gave you that weird... Yes, the, the balance. ...evaporate effect, Yes. But I don't know what else is going on there, but I definitely believe it's going to be the Mirans. The, so your Mirans for the win. Um, I'm I'm going to take a firm stance on I really don't care. Okay. Um, I'm just, you know, I'm not a Mirren. I'm not a Phyrexian. I, you know, I have a job to hold down on a Lara, 
and that's where I needed to be. I, you know, I, I've been calling in sick for the last two weeks right. and I, I just want this war to be over so I can go home. Uh, well, well, in the long run, I, I think that even if the Mirans win, we'll see Phyrexians taking over worlds. I, that's, that is what I would most like to see. That and the zombie elephant balls. I, those two things. I would, like, I would like to see Phyrexia get beyond the world of Mirrodin and expand out. And maybe the Mirrans chase after. Who knows? It's Mirrans and Phyrexian, but they're not on Mirrodin. Mm-hmm. They're on Kamagawa. What's your f*** is this? <laughs> And on that note, we're going to take another commercial break. We'll be right back. Hey, you. Do you know me? I bet you don't. I'm a Peter Tucci, and I kind of see that you have a curvy dick. And you say, why? Why'd you Peter Tucci? You need a Tucci clamp with the Kegel Springs. You say, why'd you Peter Tucci? I say, you play the promo? You say, Jess, Jess, you play the Gucci. I play the promo. I say, use the, the clamp. You play the promo. Agabish, Kabish. Go out and get yourself a Peter Tracucci clamp. Guaranteed to keep your foil straight. Okay, I'm so... I'm not getting this at all. So Urza ripped out his eyes and stuck them in Karn. Yes. and But he has new eyes. No, Ur- Urza's dead. Right, he's just a head now. He's dead. He's not even a head anymore. No, he's dead. He's behind. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's gone. He's just not even around. Yes. But Karn has his eyes. Yes. Uh, well, sort of. Hmm. But anyway, you know, I, I don't know why he ripped out his eyes and put them in Karn. I, I prefer my Karn on the cob. Uh-huh. You know? As opposed to in the golem? In, in, yes, exactly. I don't want him in the golem. Well, the next time, the next time I order Karn... I'll get it on the cop. Yeah, it's much better that way. Okay. So so in our final segment uh, of this show, we were going to talk about what our play has been like, what we've what we've been playing in the drafts, what our games have looked like, uh, what our, our casual decks look like, basically what's going on in the world of, of magic, the slinging of cardboard. Mm-hmm. 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 And mainly because we're tired of hearing everybody else talking about what they're playing, and so we're going to try to fill some of that space with even more of what we have been playing and what you haven't been. So that's kind of where we're we're going with that. Or what we've been playing and you should be playing. I'd like to think that, but I'm often beat by what you're already playing and still learning how to play what I've chosen. Yeah, yeah. You need to quit playing in Kamigawa. I really do. It's it's so so addicting. I mean, I know that that Soren Markov, Hitadescu's final right combo is great but if it wasn't for kamigawa i would have never gotten out of homelands Ooh, that's pretty sad it was rough yeah. i worked the whole nine yards betty ford it was rough oh well anyway so let's talk about what we're playing so you t- you won the last two drafts and i won the one before that so the we've played three drafts since the last show and that's the standings uh, uh mbsss mm-hmm BS, BSSS? BSSS. BSSS. Mm-hmm. And doing it the way Wizards has prescribed, mm-hmm. making sure that we take all of our amoxicillin, mm-hmm. uh, before, you know, not stopping halfway through, opening up with the most recent set, mm-hmm. looking through the pack, and then doing it that way. And people have been talking about doing variations. We have not done a variation. We've done it exactly the way Wizards has prescribed mm-hmm. with the Scars packs following the Besieged pack. Yeah, and it's been fun. I mean, I totally enjoy it. I think that it's a pretty well-flushed-out uh, deck that way. And I, I don't know. I'm, it, I've really liked the play. It definitely... I can... I, I really... I, I cannot name them, but I do feel that there would be problems going in different routes with that. I think there there is a design reason mm-hmm. that you are opening that Besiege back first. Well, yeah. I think that it's the way it always should have been done anyway. Personally, I think that going from the newest pack where you're dealing with what's actually happening and then backing it up with what's already happened is is a very nice format. Right. And, you know, too, I think especially at this point where you're doing a two-to-one pack kind of imbalance that you do want to kind of go older because I think that players are wanting to play with the new cards and they're wanting to see new interactions which spawns <clears throat> innovations of which some can work its way all the way into the pro tour off of some new combination and if 
if you just open the old packs first and your new pack, I wonder if there would be players that would be a little more reticent to not play with some of the newer cards because they've learned to bank on those old cards. Right, and how would it just is really interesting if you think about how would you build that poison deck? You know, you're not really going to be drafting a lot of white going into the final and the green is there but it's like it, going the other direction with poison would be really difficult and going with white would be a little difficult too or like the the white red uh, the mirror inside of everything would be uh -huh. kind of hard um i haven't had a really good first pick yet i mean not a good first pick rare i should say i've had some pretty good first picks uh-huh but not a really good first pick rare uh, what, <clears throat> what uh what good first picks have you had there uh i now you ask me, I can't think of anything. Yeah. Um, well, what rares have you passed on? I passed on a Cryptoplasm, which I think was a mistake on this last draft. Seemed pretty nasty. I ran into one, and it definitely held me back for a while. Right. Yeah. Because it, it just caught. I mean, if you're expect well with my, I was running fatties, so it's like. Oh, I have I'm a gonna, fatty too. <laughs> I'm gonna copy your biggest fatty. Mm -hmm. You have one. I have one. They kill each other. Moving on. Right, exactly. It's the it's the old fight fire with fire defense. Right. Yes. So I think it's good. I think I, I actually did get a rare. I did. I drafted a rare last, not the last draft, but the draft before, and that was the White Sun Zenith. The the pussy producer. Yes, exactly. Uh, and so, how many? Do you recall how many cat tokens you actually got off of that? Thing? Yeah, I got three oh. out of one time. I, I was able to cast it for so six. six yeah. Mm -hmm. Which isn't bad. Three two twos. That's you know. Yeah, That's three two twos is better formidable. than one two two. Uh huh. At least in the ballet. Right, right. Yeah. So you don't want to keep using the same two two. Right. That's for Especially you get sweaty doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I mean, I've been able to draft the the one that I took at three zero uh, was a red white deck, and I was able to draft uh, some flyers, but mostly it was like Master's Call and Kuldotha Rebirth and Glint Hawk Idols and. A lot of small dudes with a little bit of battle cry on the big guys, the Koldotha ringleader, and and was able to build around that. But it was just the fast little creatures getting in for a lot of damage really quick and being expendable because I had a lot of little guys. So it was possible to block a lot of stuff. I had two mortipods in that deck, which totally took mm. out most of the rough flying. and It, it worked out very nicely, actually. Mortipods are, are very interesting. They mm. work in a wonderful variety of ways they work in a non-infect deck they work in an infect deck they work they just work one of the best cards in this set as far as i'm concerned yeah i can i can definitely see that I, it's funny this set makes me um like i'm excited about cards i wouldn't normally be excited about i'm finding mm -hmm. like Iker wellspring oh i love that card you know it's like i in other sets i would have been like okay you know the card draws nice but in this set it's like oh yeah baby oh it makes so many other sack things it, work you know it's pull it out sack it bounce it back to your hand replay it sack it it's just yeah it's, vents it <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna vents my anchor wellsprings so that's <laughs> at the end of my turn i'm gonna draw a card uh-huh uh -huh. it's very nice it's awesome absolutely uh this last draft was interesting for me because i kept then this is why I say I should have taken the cryptoplasm. I actually took a divine offering, which was a, a mistake. I took a divine offering. As a sacrifice is a creature run, right? Where they no, it's it's destroy target. Oh, target artifact. artifact you gain right. life total equal to its converted cost. I'm thinking of the other one. And in that pack was a corrupted conscience and a cryptoplasm. Now I think I should have taken the cryptoplasm. But I could have taken that Corrupted Conscience. There was a, a moment where I felt like I could have gone either way for that. Uh -huh. And there were white infect creatures kind of floating in those first few picks as well that I kind of felt like I wanted to go that way. And I think I mispicked on one of those as well. But my deck ended up being blue flyers, pretty much a mono blue deck. I had a few white spells in there, but it was just like 2-4 Drake. 3-3 three, three Sky Ill School, uh, Mirror and Spy, all kinds of just blue flyers. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. It was fun to play. I, I definitely, I think there's a very strong deck there. I really do. I think, you know, I mean, I, I have, <clears throat> in our three drafts, I have seen more quality blue past than, than any other color. Nobody's nobody's playing with it. It's just... It's hard. You have to figure out. There's tricks to it, I think. And, and if you don't have exactly what it takes, <clears throat> it's really hard to get there. 
the counter the counter spells in this set are a little pricey, mm-hmm. you know, and I think um, well, steel sabotages and and that card was my all star. That's counter target artifact yeah, spell or yeah, great. return target artifact to its owner's hand. But that card saved me in the third round. My opponent played a spine of ish saw. Uh huh. The break remove. Uh huh. The destroy, and then if it, this is sacked or you, it goes to your graveyard, it comes back to your hand, and I was able to. Uh, he sacked it, took it back to his hand, and when he went to cast it the second time, I was able to steal sabotage it. And then in the third game, I did the same thing. I held on to that. It was in my opening hand, and I held it until he played that card so that I could steal sabotage it, and he wouldn't have that power. Because that was the only card, because he couldn't deal with my flying at all. I had four Sky Eel schools, so it was just like cycling through my thing, and I had a Sorry. couple of Dark Slick Drakes, and... Then I had the other uh, Serum Rakers, the Everybody Discards a Card card. Mm-hmm. So it was just this beautiful Flyers situation. Did you find with your Serum Rakers that you uh, were keeping kind of a crap card in your hand so you could discard it, or were you waiting until you pretty much had no hand left and then flying that? Uh, no, I put it into play and then was careful with it, but I pretty much holding a land in my hand that I didn't something need. Or something like, you didn't need. Because I'm, I'm going to hit five mana, and once I'm at five mana, that sixth mana didn't mean so much in my deck. Five mana was pretty much all I needed for that to work out. Just kind of wondering about those guys with that that effect. I could also see it just really catching somebody off guard. Right. Them having to check well, something they, that they, they want. They have to be a little bit more careful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I love the Spine of Ish Saw. I think that that's a very powerful card. It's made it into my artifact deck, my Tezzeret deck. Really? Yeah. Uh, a one-of of it, because it's just so perfect. Hmm. The, the, right, yeah. No, that's, I've, you know, I've kind of wondered about that. I've kind of wondered about that. Um... So yeah, so you you that was the draft that you did three weeks ago with the double mortar prop deck and the yeah that was three weeks ago mm-hmm. and then last last week you did the blue creatures uh, this last draft this so, last draft. yeah last Sunday whatever that was mm-hmm. and then the week before that I I can't remember what I was playing it wasn't very good we were doing just straight scars at that point no no that was the in oh the week the, the in between week yeah I, was it an infect build perhaps. I, I don't think so. I can't remember what it was. It wasn't very exciting. That's all I can remember. Well, the last the last two drafts I did, I went uh, red-white, uh, very Borosy, lots of flying, lots of white flying. That was pretty much it. I grabbed every Kemba's Sky Guard, Sky Captain, uh, white flying dude, um, guy up in the air, any of those yeah, cards. Yeah, the flying kitties. That was that was pretty much the uh, the deck. I think I I had some kind of a uh, oh I I ran crappy dragon crappy red dragon in every set, mm-hmm. um, which was from besieged and not not even the cool cool horde smelter right. from the first one. It was the new one with the haste and the pump and the, the igniter the igniter mm-hmm. hellkite igniter, which makes my like eighth hellkite igniter by the way. So that's, you know, I was happy to complete my second play set of those, even though I've only gotten some or none of well, other rares. Well, just figure, someday you'll be able to trade all four of those for a $2 rare. It's important. It's, yeah, yeah, they, those pennies add up, folks, and what pennies they are. Um, and so that, that was two weeks ago, and then last week, um, oh, I know something else that made that red and white deck work. I ended up with three Embersmiths in that oh, deck. Oh, yeah. Three Embersmiths. I couldn't freaking believe it. It was, you know, at, at two, I was like, wow. When the third one came around, I'm I, I'm kind of looking around to see who's sleeping at the table. It was me. Actually, I was <laughs> playing that? with Red in my deck, and I watched those Embersmiths go by. And I knew I should have drafted them, but I did not take a single one of them. Yeah. I've never really, I mean, I know it's been a good card, and it, you know, used properly. It can be great. When you have three of them, it doesn't matter how well you use them. That card is going to be great in your deck. You are going to ping off so much crap and be able to eke in so much damage. It's um, I wasn't even running a ton of artifacts. I started running a ton of crap artifacts doing that kind of strategy. Uh, popular in Scars just so I could keep triggering my inevitable Embersmith because I knew I would have one practically in every game. And it was a hose. It was just, it was dumb. I felt bad for people. <laughs> it was just, I'm like, I'm sorry. You know, yep, bam, bounce it back to my hand, play it again, do two. Uh, it was just, it was nasty. Last week was absurd. Infect deck, 21 creatures in that deck. It was an Infect Zoo 
that was all over the board, but it really wasn't an infect. It was deck. not an infect deck. It was it was a totally look over here, look over here, look over here. Here's the right cross. That's what I called your deck. <laughs> right, right, right. Oh, here's some poison. He could be threatening. Bam, not poison. Here's my worm. Right. I mean, that's basically where it went. Two, uh, uh, two of the well, the six, the, the what's the big drop? The fang. bellowing tingle worm. Uh, engulfing not, slagworm? Uh, and, well, I did end up with an amazing two engulfing slagworms, which if that is not a clue to play big, fat, green dinos, I don't know what is. Again, it was very much like the um, the Spark Mage uh, feeling. It was like, am I really looking at another one of these? Right. Yes, I am. Except and yes, you meant Embersmith. Embersmith, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yes, Embersmith. Fanghorn Marauder. That's mm-hmm. one. So two Fanghorn Marauders and two... Bellowing, no, no, engulfing slagworms. Engulfing slagworms. Mm -hmm. Just dumb. If I had my mana, which I always did in every game, because I was playing 18 mana and I had mirror. It was just dumb. It was dumb. It was, it was, it was at the brain level of whoever created Progenitus. It was protection from everything. Mm -hmm. It was, it was that dumb. Oh, it was it was a beautiful deck. It was awesome. It was awesome. It was twenty one creatures dumb. Yeah, it was good. It was good. So so what about casual? Uh, what are you playing right now? You, you right now I'm playing the same three decks I've been playing for the last eight years. <laughs> I know. Please get away from Kamigawa. I, no, I was so happy when I <laughs> built my last deck five years ago. <laughs> I I mean I know you don't have much I time. I remember that but feeling. That's so not true. You do have a pretty recent poison deck. Um yeah, just because I'm like I have to play I have to play with some of these cards I'm drafting or I'm just drafting with these cards and I I need to to put them in there. And I thought it would be good. I I kind of am, am more into the idea of building good test decks. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of just building good decks that challenge potential ideas of, you know, I, I enjoy playing very standard decks against new creations. You're far more of an innovator than I am with with deck building and stuff. So well, I just I, I kind of like intrigued. being the straight man. You know, I, it's like sure. I I just get intrigued. I love to see no, it's the, awesome the interactions between the cards and then just finding really ultimate ultimately what my goal is every time I build a deck is to find a card that doesn't look like it's going to do much of anything. Which I guess this makes me kind of a Johnny, but. I I, I want to find a card that doesn't look like it's going to do much, like Semblance Anvil. Semblance Anvil is an amazing card in an artifact deck. Speak it. Nobody nobody wants to play with this card. Nobody has it in their deck. But I find that in the Tezzeret deck that I'm working with right now, it is phenomenal. Play with Semblance Anvil. So you think yeah. like $5 card, $10 card, like it has that potential? It definitely has that potential. I mean, it could be it could easily be in there in, in a, multiple decks that would utilize its wonderful properties, uh, especially draw decks that draw you cards. I mean, it's beautiful to put a Semblance Anvil into play and then play an Icker Wellspring for free, draw a card that may be another Icker Wellspring, play that one for free, uh, draw another card. It could be a Throne of Geth. Oh, I'm going to play that for free, and then I'm going to sack one of these Icker Wellsprings to proliferate. I mean, it just has so much potential in a in a deck that can really sift through everything and, and draw stuff out. Uh-huh. And it gets big fatties into play, like a worm coil engine for four, right. you know. Artifact uh, creature. Yeah. It's just that. Oh. Spine of Ishsoft for five, Contagion engine for four, you know, it, it does these amazing things. Mm-hmm. I think that's one card. Spine of Ishsaw, another amazing card that I, I think that is just in there and doing well, the amazing things. the price sure comes down when you have a semblance ammo. Right, exactly. Know, it comes but down by one anyway. Even then, seven to destroy anything is awesome. Yeah, planeswalkers, other mm-hmm. fun things. Land. Sure. You know, you can destroy anything with that card, and if you have a little sack engine going on with it, you're you're uh, definitely getting it again. Yeah. Yeah, no, I can I can see that I can see. so no, that's awesome. So you find cards that you're just kind of like I can I can work with this card. This this deck can, you know, it's 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 kind of a sucker punch in innovation. It's kind right. of like wow, nobody's gonna think of this card. I think that's yeah, I think that's a lot of what magic is about. Absolutely. Yeah, my and I like I like my Tezzeret build. I think it's a pretty strong build. I use the Koldotha uh, Forge Master in there. 
and the you know, sack three and yeah. Them up. And then so if I'm putting the Icar Wellsprings into play, and I had it with Origin Spell Bombs and Perilous Mirror, and just all of these things that would get this nice interaction of being sacked. Like it's it's these cards that like to be roughed up. That's really what it comes down to. So take those cards, throw them away, draw some cards, find the card I want, and it's just this really nice synergy. Uh, and it was kind of cool because during the uh, Denver, I want to say Denver Grand Prix, uh, that was it wasn't standard though. I was some standard that I was watching. I saw the a pretty close build to the Tezzeret deck that I was that I'm building right now, and I hadn't really looked at anybody else's before I built mine, which always makes me feel good to see that people are playing kind of the same ideas that I'm playing, that I'm finding the same things that are actually getting places in the tournaments. Right. And then the other thing that I saw is a Grand Architect deck, and I'm I have a Grand Architect deck that I just love. I think it's an amazing deck. Another massively underrated card. I think you have it for two. Bucks, Grand right. Architects or something. I mean, for what it does, please. Exactly. Please. Yeah, I was playing a game with our friend the other day, and he was playing my deck, and he actually got three Grand Architects into play at the same time, and just having three, three, six dudes was sick. And he had a Worm Coil Engine into play, and he makes it blue, and all of a sudden it's a 9-9 nine, nine Death Touch Life Linking Worm Coil Engine. It was, it was sick. Uh, yeah, no, I, 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 th that dude's got so much, you know, text on him. It's like reading a novel. It's like, oh, you know, I can do all this magical stuff. All your stuff costs less. All your artifact stuff is blue. Oh, and by the way, blue creatures get plus one. It's like easy to forget that your blue creatures get plus one plus one because he's doing all of this other like amazing stuff. Right. So I, yeah, that card is loaded like a potato. Definitely. Um, one thing we need to mention real quick before we go on into uh, non-magic topic, the potpourri stuff, uh, is we have a friend who we are, are joining up with. His website is MTGO Watch, and on there he shows the fluctuation of the prices of cards. Uh, MTGOWatch.com is a place that we're going to eventually have some articles. It won't be anything big, but at least you can go there and take a look at, at the fluctuation of online cards uh, on MTGO Watch. While you're listening to us, you could do it right now. You could you could just open another tab in your browser there, uh, keep zoning out to us, uh, the mellow sounds of judging for humor, and uh, and go look up MTGO Watch. It's It's... Go to the price list. Just, just go follow the little tabs there till you get to the little thing that says price list. Click on, say, I don't know, Scars of Mirrodin Mythics, mm -hmm. and just, just have a gander at, at what our friend has done an amazing job of putting together in showing you um, recent activity with every Mythic card on Moto. I think you'll be very... It doesn't... You, you look at it for five seconds and you're like, oh, wow, I understand how this site works. This is damn amazing. Yeah, so definitely go check out mtgowatch.com. And the secondarily, if this is the first time you're hearing us and you're hearing us on Channel Fireball, uh, thanks for listening to our show. We, we don't know that. how you've gotten here. Um, uh, well, we do. Kind of. Sort but, of. You know, Maybe. I would definitely, definitely... Uh, make sure you got that guy's name that gave you the directions. But but if you are listening to us on Channel Fireball, please feel free to go over to mtgcast.com where they've been having us for quite a while. And we love to you, MTGcast! Absolutely. And listen to our show We love you, Godly Woods! Uh, secondly, if you're listening to this on MTGcast, we, we think that you should go over to Channel Fireball, look at the singles, kind of click around, and listen to our show for a second time. So basically, that's what we'd like to say. Uh, this and is... drink a tab. If you don't drink tab soda, you should. Do they still make tab? I don't know, but I thought I'd throw in just a little. I don't think they do. Oh, never mind. But anyway, this is where we're going to move on to uh, topics that are not magic-related whatsoever. Yes. Um, so at this point, if, if you... Uh, have had your fill of magic and you don't really want to talk or or fill of other stuff I should say you don't want to really hear us talk about other things mundane things life and non magic related non, non -magic you know stuff. bras and you know uh dancing clogs things like that things that clown video cars. video games and clown cars yes mm -hmm. um uh, head cheese. We might be talking about some head cheese. Right. But so, so at this point, if you don't want to hear any of that kind of conversation, yeah, the, the magic pretty up. It's you're pretty only for the magic portion of it. Uh, you, you'll want to turn off the podcast now. 
And are we uh, gonna are we gonna break away to a commercial or a song or a, a commercial sponsor or something? No, while? we're just gonna go on into our final, uh, uh, you know, just the the non magic stuff. Okay, so we're like a pause moment, and that way they can you know turn it off without absconding their ears of non magic related things. Because I know some players are there like, hey, if it's not magic related, we're not in. Sorry. No, I think we should just move right on into it. They don't need a commercial. They're, okay. They they've already had their funnies for the day. Okay. So so anyway, I. I Turn it off if you don't want to hear it. Now. Turn it off now. If you don't want to keep listening. So, so hey, man. What's what's your secret deck tech around that, that Tezzeret deck that you saw? Okay, so basically the way that that Tezzeret deck worked was it was a variety of mirror, uh, basic mirror, um, that it, just two, you know, one one guys that could tap for mana, and he was ramping. He was basically doing a straight mirror ramp into Tezzeret, but he was holding back some counters, low-cost...